Welcome back to the conclusion of the message from Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 26, entitled, Strange Things. Intercessory prayer has been called the highest form of prayer. That's when you pray for someone else. You set your own needs aside for the moment and focus on what strange thing God might do in your friend's life. That's the example of prayer that leads to action and is found in the second part of our message on strange things. Here's Pastor Tim. But then there's another person, group of people, I want to just say sort of a they. When the friends prayed, he, there's one man who is redeemed. When the friends prayed, he was redeemed. And that's where the story is going to next. The Bible says that all of these people have come from everywhere. Some of them are those who are now believing and they want to see what Jesus is doing, like those that are in verse number 15. They're coming from everywhere so that they might see Jesus. But then there's a few Baptists that are mixed into the group. We call them here Pharisees and teachers of the law who are coming by to see it fail, you know? They just can't wait to be able to say, I told you so. And so they're sitting there and they're listening to all these things, and yet the power of the Lord was present to heal them. In the midst of this great crowd, we meet some friends. We always assume that they're four because of, you know, the four corners of this bed or pallet or blanket or whatever it is that they're holding. doesn't really say it, just says men, doesn't it? Behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed. If he's paralyzed, he's not coming on his own, is he? If he's paralyzed, he's not asking Jesus all by himself. If he's paralyzed, he is not going to get there to the front where Jesus is. He needs some help. And it says that these men are bringing him, they sought to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. We don't have really a recorded prayer, but you know that prayer has already preceded this. That they've already been praying for this friend. They've been asking for God's healing and God has not done that yet. They've been praying that God would change his circumstances, and God hasn't done that yet. They've been praying for relief, and God has not done that yet. And yet they persist. Listen, this is the thing about strange things happening in prayer. I, I get to meet with the person of God in prayer. I receive the power of God in prayer. And I learn persistency in prayer. So these men have been praying for their friends, you know, and, and it just hadn't worked yet. And somebody may say, you know, a few, uh, few months ago, we had our own president that said, we've had enough prayers. We don't want any more of your thoughts and prayers. We want some action done. And listen, if you're an unbeliever, I, I expect you to think like that, you know. I mean, for, for me and you, who are believers, if somebody says, I'm thinking about you, I'm praying for you, man, that, means, that means the world to us, doesn't it? That means a ton. We know that they have been talking to the creator of the universe about our particular issue. That means a ton. But to a person who doesn't believe to say, I've been praying for you, that doesn't mean anything to them. They want to see something. Here's the, here's the deal. 
you don't know how to act until you've prayed. You don't know how to act. You don't know what to do until you've prayed. Until these friends began praying for their friend and for God to do something, they didn't know how to act. It says they sought to bring him in and lay him before the Lord. So, so what are they doing? They're trying to push through the crowd. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And nobody's moving. They can't get through that big old bunched up crowd. Now what do we do? They're still praying. I believe it's God that gives them the idea. I don't think it's their own creativity, their own ingenuity. Hey, why don't you go up there to the top of that house and break that roof down? You know, I don't think they thought of that on their own. I think the Lord advised them on that. And they went up to that roof, that tiled flat roof, and they're able to start tearing it apart piece by piece, enough for that, for that bed, that pallet, to be able to be fit into that hole and lowered all the way down to Jesus. Now think about this for a minute. If, uh, if, if you're in that crowd, you know, you're not up on the roof, you don't know what's going on on the roof. You're just sitting inside. Do y'all remember that Sunday several years ago when everybody in here knew that there was a wasp in here except for me? <laughs> and then the way that I found out that there was a wasp in here, you know? It was different. Everybody, and I do kind of remember that day a little bit in that people just kept kind of looking up, you know? And I thought, wow, what's, what's happening? They're, I, I'm preaching so good, they're just looking up into the heavens. <laughs> they see what's going on. So if you're there that day, I mean, Jesus is preaching, Jesus is teaching. Now, he's God, so, you know, forgive me for this, for this thought that he doesn't really see what, know what's going on. But they know, don't they? They see the little tile pieces start falling down from the ceiling. They wonder if the whole thing's going to collapse. They, they wonder what it is that's happening. And then this, this thing starts lowering down. And they see then that there's a person. Strange things that we've seen. Man, we've seen strange things today at church. Things don't always have to go the way that you expect them. Your prayer life might not go the way that you expect it. That's why you persist. That's why you continue. I don't, I don't see God at work. I'm just going to continue to pray. Well, continue to pray. Because the truth of the matter is, is that God is at work, isn't He? He's always at work. Now I get to join Him in that and let my friend out or pray for that person. Do some kind of action of compassion for them. I'm actively at work in what God is doing. Let's keep going. Jesus sees him and sees a greater need than his paralyzed condition. Look at verse number 20. When he saw their faith, well, that's another subject for another day, isn't it? When he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. I want to tell you something. That's the greatest thing that could have ever happened to that guy. You know? I mean, that's the, that is the greatest miracle that ever takes place. It's for a person to be translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. It's, it is the most awesome and the most incredible thing that God can do. And yet there probably would be somebody, I don't know, maybe one of those guys that's laid down the pallet and say, wait a minute, we didn't come here for him to get his sins forgiven. We want him to walk. You know? It's the Pharisees. 
It's the scribes. It's those who, and for all those generations, for all those lessons, all that teaching, all that training, they should have known the Lord. And they should have known what he would do. They should have known that that was the Messiah standing right there in front of them, and they didn't have a clue. Who can forgive sins but God? <laughs> right. And that's basically what Jesus said. That's right. Nobody can forgive sins except for God. So he says, what's easier then? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to tell this guy to get up and walk? What's easier? Well, I mean, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven you, right? Because you can't see that. But so that you might know, do you see that in your verse? So that you might know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. I'm telling this guy, get up, take your bed, and get out of here. Now, if he can do that, he can do this. Jesus demonstrates in the physical what he's really doing in the spiritual. Listen, this guy, paralyzed. He could be forgiven of his sins, remain paralyzed for whatever is left of the rest of his life, die and go to heaven. He could be healed, up, walking, leaping, jumping, having a big old time, and never get saved, and die and go to hell. What's more important? It's more important that he be saved, right? So when the friends prayed, the man was redeemed. God did for them more than they asked for. He is able to do abundantly above all that we may ask or think, the Bible says. And look at this. Immediately. By the way, we've seen that word already, haven't we? When the leper prayed and Jesus said, I'm willing to be cleansed, immediately the leprosy was gone. When Jesus said, take up your bed and go to your house, immediately he rose up before them, took up what he'd been lying on, and departed to his house, glorifying God. Let's bring this forward to today. I have seen some strange things this week. I have. We have seen some strange things this week. Do not miss this. All of these things are prefaced on prayer. All of these strange things have been a result of God's people praying and of God answering <laughs> in the most surprising way immediately. So most of you know kind of what's going on during this week that the city of Columbus through the, through the Department of Parks and Recreation told us that we could not go to the park. 11 days ahead of us going to the park. You know, thank you very much for the heads up. And said no. And so we just began to pray, you know. Some of you wrote some letters. Some of you made, sent some emails and made some phone calls. And, you know, we just asked some questions. 
God did that. The Bible says the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and he turns it whichever way that he will. The hand of our leaders are in the heart of the, the heart of our leaders in the hand of the Lord. And God turned that. It, it, it is surely, surely the work of God. So much so that you should have the same reaction as verse number 26. <laughs> We're amazed. I, mean, I have to tell you, I'm amazed. We called an emergency meeting Wednesday night, an emergency strategic meeting we called. Now what are we going to do? What's plan B? You know, and let's get start going to work on plan, plan B, right? I am amazed at what God did. I glorify God for what He did. Let nobody think, boy, Tim, you really gave it to you. You really did it this time. I didn't do anything. God did it. I, I do. I want it to be just like uh, Elijah there on Mount Carmel. When the people saw it, they glorified God and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. So we glorify God for what He's doing. We stand in awe and in fear of Him. <laughs> we say, We have seen strange things this week. Do you know that I have heard from, not just from church people, not just from our church people, and not just from other church people. I've heard from some, from some heathens this week. <laughs> I mean, I love them and all that they are. They just are heathens. And they were so mad. I mean, they were so upset that the city told us no. You know? Which tells me this. They're watching to see what's next. They've seen one strange thing. Might they see two? We've seen God do strange things this week. Will God do a strange thing next week? Let me give you a couple of very practical examples here. Sorry to our cameraman. So all these boxes over here have check marks on them. I bet you can guess what that means. <laughs> they're full of candy, and they're already bagged. They're ready to go. That, that box is ready to go to a game, ready to be handed out to children. Guess what these open boxes mean? Hey, by the way, somebody gets a prize. <laughs> Other than this one, all of those are all empty. So, I mean... Doesn't take a rocket surgeon, does it? You can look at that and see. That's as, that's as close to half as you can ever going to get. We're halfway there, you know? We got less than a week. If God feels those, it's a strange thing. I mean, I, I, I'm depending on you. I'm counting on you. But at the same time, I understand those aren't going to be filled just by you. God's got to do that. Because of the extra advances and the, the extra procedures that were taken, cautions that were taken because of COVID and all that kind of stuff, it's going to take over 100 volunteers 
Sunday night, 110. I don't even know 110. <laughs> if God gives us 110 workers, that's God doing that. Can you hear what I'm telling you? God's glory is on the line. God's name, God's reputation is on the line for next week. I'm going to just tell you, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that that thing works. Because ungodly people are watching. This is year number 22. Every year, somebody gives their heart to Jesus. Best year that we've ever had, as far as I know, was when 67 people came to faith in Christ on one night. It's incredible. I'm asking God to do more this time. If heathens are watching, if other church people are watching, if you're watching, if workers are watching, I want to see specifically that one thing that only God can do. I want to see Him save somebody. I want to see Him save 100 people. Can He do it? Yep. Can I do it? Nope. <laughs> but He can. He's going to use you to get there. Make sure you bow your head and close your eyes with me. When's the last time that you took on a challenge that you knew was sort of an Elijah kind of moment, you know? Put the, <laughs> put the naysayers on one side and let God get on the other. And let's see who brings the fire. My job is to get the wood and cut the sacrifice and to pray. And to pray. God, we look forward to you doing what only you can do. We've trusted you to get us over there. We're trusting you for the weather. We're trusting you for candy. We're trusting you for volunteers. We're trusting you for every part. God, come through. Do it. Do it in such a way that everybody knows it's, that it's not Britt David. It is you. Work in such a way that people might be amazed that they might glorify you and fear you and say, we have seen God do strange things today. Glorify yourself in our midst. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand with When we take the time to get alone with the Lord, it is so amazing how God works through our prayers. And we are amazed and we glorify God for what He has done. 
just like those people found in this passage today. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.